You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome to Utopia. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Friday. A bonus episode of the Utopia podcast here on, uh, well, here on wherever you get your podcast, the Odyssey app, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that you're downloading the Utopia podcast, our fourth episode of the week, because the Texans had a Thursday night game and the Astros won game five of the World Series. That all happened within the same three hour period on Thursday night as we welcome you in. I'm Sean Pendergast, co-host of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, joined by the legend, the Hall of Famer, my good friend and senior Texans columnist for SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com, John McClain. John, how are we doing? I had a, a, a night I've never experienced since I've been in this business for 50 years. Instead of going to the Texans game, I stayed home. I watched both games. I tweeted about both games uh, throughout. And uh, afterward, I wrote a... Uh, a column on the Astros for uh, gallerysports.com. Then I did a long report card for sportsradio610.com. And then this morning I wrote a Astro, I'm, I wrote a Texans column for uh, gallerysports.com. And, and it was fun. It was fun because number one, Texans played a lot better than I thought. I predicted 40 to 13. It was 29-17. And they played a great first half. And then and then of course the Astros with those great plays at the end. Trey Mancini, who couldn't hit squat, made that great play at first base after Guriel left with a sore knee. Then Chaz McCormick against his hometown team in the ballpark where he went, watching him make that catch. And seeing those Philly fans, that people act like there's something mystical about Citizens Bank Park. Well, there certainly was not for the Astros. No, uh, they, the Astros responded so well, John, to that first game in this, or the first game in Philly, you know, going and getting those two wins, the no hitter, the combined no hitter in game four, and then the game last night, which was. I mean, part for the course, this series, I, you know, I, look, I, we're, you and I are emotionally invested in this series because of the Astros. But I got to imagine that this is a series that even if you're just a, a, a casual baseball fan, 
that it's had so much entertaining theater. For one, the Astros are involved. So anybody who wants to get their emotions riled up by the Astros, it's very, very easy to go do because of the people still talking about the sign stealing. But I, I, I think, you know, my big takeaway specifically from last night's game is it was just a reminder that the Astros have so many different ways they can beat you. That's what makes them such a good team. The, the Phillies, I feel like they've got one way to beat you. They got to hit home runs. You know, that when they've been winning these games in this series, it's when they've been hitting, hitting fastballs with power, hitting them out of the ballpark um, in the two games that they've won. You know, when they, they, they got to Verlander in game one, and then they got to McCullers big time with all those home runs in game three. The Astros are such a complete baseball team. You know, their defense is incredible. And I thought it was really cool. Like last night, they've got gold glovers and Tucker and Pena and Altuve at one time and Guriel, obviously Maldonado. I mean, they, half of their starting lineup has won a gold glove at some point recently in their careers. And I love the fact that it was two guys who aren't on that list. You know, one of whom was replacing a gold glover in Mancini because Guriel got hurt, made that play in the eighth inning to end the inning when Schwarber hit that, had hit that just scalding line drive to him and then the Chas McCormick catch John I mean you've been covering and watching and rooting for Houston sports much longer than I have I mean that's defensive play has to go down as one of the greatest defensive plays of all time considering the timing the stakes um the the atmosphere all of those things John I mean that's got to be I, I, you know I, you, I don't know if you've racked your brain about this at all but I, I'd imagine that's got to be at or near the top of the list well, they've battled so many, but yeah, so uh, many, as you yeah. pointed out, the circumstances, where he did it, how he did it, what it could have meant if he hadn't have done it. And the fact is, he's not a great center fielder. Just like Mancini, he hadn't been in the field since October the 5th, and that screaming line drive down the first baseline, my goodness, uh, for him to – he didn't have time to even blink. And those two plays – and the pitching. I'm so happy to see Verlander get his first World Series victory. No, he's not 0-6 anymore. It was a 6-0-7 ERA. And to, I thought when Schwarber let off of that home run, I tweeted he can't be trusted in the World Series. Well, he was in this one. Five innings. Abreu comes in. Man, another great performance. Then, I mean, first was Neris, then Abreu. Then Montero, I think, just thrown too many innings. And then Presley, man, lights out again. That bullpen, it must be frustrating for the Phillies. And they've talked about this, how good the Astros staff is from top to bottom. There's yeah. no weak links. You know, the Phillies, the Astros have bashed both their top starters, Nola and Wheeler, and they've bashed around their bullpen, including Alvarado and Sir Anthony. And, uh, and the Phillies haven't been able to do it, but it was a very, very satisfying game. I was happy for Dusty Baker, one game closer to winning his first World Series, and to see that it'll be one that didn't tarnish. And it amazes me, the morons that continue to call the Astros cheaters mm -hmm. when there's only five players left and they've been cleared by baseball and they're under the gun. The pitchers. They, they get looked at every time they come off the mound. And people just show their ignorance and their stupidity to keep harping on that. And that's one reason I'm glad they're going to uh, hope they're going to stick it up to, you know, what are the Philadelphia fans who have just been so 
ignorant. Not all of them, of course, but some, like the one when they stood up for cancer and it was totally quiet and a Phillies fan screamed to bleep the Astros at a time like that. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, wow. Man, man oh, man. Yeah, that's not, not very classy. Uh, well, John, it doesn't matter because we have Mattress Mac to defend all of us, so it's all good. They can yell whatever they want. Mattress Mac is just going to run out to the – he's going to run out to the front of the uh, the battle line there and just take them all on, fists in front of his face like the little fighting Irish leprechaun and beat the <laughs> crap out of all of them. His popularity has soared even more, and I'm sure the furniture sales have soared even more after he was defending his Astros and especially Altuve. And I've got to remember not to make him mad when I'm seeing him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, don't make, don't make Mac mad. Hey, John, have you seen that there's uh, there's merch now for him? There's Somebody made a don't mess with Mac shirt. <laughs> you know, like, you know, in the font that has the Texas yeah. flag, it says don't mess with Texas. <laughs> Someone made one that said don't mess with Mac, and it's in the Astros colors. Hopefully he'll have them at the store and they're free, free, free. Yeah, he's the best. Um, all right, John. So real quick on the Astros before we uh, rapid fire some Texan stuff and then get on with our weekend. Um, what uh, game six? Do you think Fr- you think Fromber closes this thing out tomorrow night? Well, I think he'll give them six innings, and then you wonder with all the pitchers being used so much. You know, I thought Stanek might come in before Presley getting the second five-out save of his career and his first in the playoffs because Stanek has been outstanding. But for some reason, Dusty just doesn't want to use him. And Presley was able to pull it off with the most clutch performance of his career. So I think they will. But let me ask you a question. If they don't, do you trust McCullers for the last start? No. He's on full rest. Nope. Um he had one bad performance. You wonder how he feels mentally, but man, he's had a lot of good performances. I don't think he'd have a bullpen game. I think he would, he would start, he will start if they need him to. And at the first sign of the breaking ball, not working, boom, he's out. You know, Javier can pitch a couple innings. Garcia, Kitty getting the pitching is not an issue. Yeah. I I don't want McCullers anywhere near a game seven, and because in one for one reason, if, whatever happened with that champagne bottle, he has not pitched well since then. You know, I I, I know that the Yankee game, he kind of got things straightened out. It was rough early, but Pena hit the three run home run, and then that kind of you know that kind of steadied things for the Astros. Um, McCullers was awful in Game Three uh, of the of the World Series. Um, Lance doesn't. He doesn't have a great history in game sevens. I know he pitched game seven of the world series that they won back in 2017, but he was gone after two and a third innings. He had nothing in that. Um, and then he pitched game seven of the ALCS in 2020 against the Rays and the Rays shelled him. So I, you know, Lance, Lance is a good pitcher. I think the, I, I think the specter of Lance McCullers exceeds the actuality with Lance McCullers. Sometimes, you know, he's a trafficy pitcher. He puts guys on. Base. That's a great point. That you is know? a great point. The specter of Lance McCullers. So what will you do if you were dusty in the seventh game? I would, I, I would pitch Javier on short rest with, I, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be counting on him for, for five or six innings. You know, I, I would, I'd have Javier on a pitch count of about 50 or 60 pitches, try to get three innings out of Javier. And then I would go with the bullpen game. I, I would go, 
John, this Astros team is usually bullpen game has a negative connotation. It's like game manager in football. You know, like when you call somebody a game manager, it's really a backhanded compliment. When you talk about a bullpen game in baseball, for most teams, it's like one of those things like, oh, God, bull, like the Phillies with the Syndergaard game last night. You know, the I listened to Philly radio all week. They were not referring to bullpen game as a favorable kind of thing. I think this Astros team is actually a team where if you are saying bullpen game, I'm a little nervous if I'm the Phillies because there's not a single guy in that bullpen that they, other than Montero that they've really gotten to, you know, Abreu's been amazing. Presley's been amazing. Um, there's a few guys we really haven't even seen yet in this series, you know, like Garcia for a couple of batters and in, in extra innings in game one or Keating did mop up duty in game three, but we still haven't seen Hunter Brown yet. Still haven't seen Ryan Stanek yet. Um, so I, I would be, I would be cool with a, with a Javier started, you know, kind of quasi bullpen game in game seven. I just don't trust Lance McCullers, John. And I hate that that's the, that's the fact of the matter for one, because I, I do, I like Lance. I mean, Lance is as Houston as it gets, you know, he loves being here and he, and he's, he, he has had big moments for the Astros. Um, but I, I just, can't, I can't trust him right now. And I can, and Javier might be the best pitcher in baseball right now. It wouldn't bother me at all if they used Hunter Brown based on how he's pitched. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to put him in there. Yep. Garcia, you know, he got, he didn't pitch well here, but he pitched great in Seattle. And they yeah. got the best bullpen from top to bottom. So you're right. Maybe they should do that. Try to get three innings out of Javier and go from there. Yeah. I think it comes down to who do you trust to give you, because I, I, if they pitch Lance, I don't think you can count on him. I just it, look at Verlander, John. Like Verlander was leaking oil to get to the fifth inning last night. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like a relief to get Verlander to five innings last night. I mean, that, I can't imagine how we're going to feel with McCullers on the mound. So, hey, hopefully, John, it's not an issue. Frommer goes out, does his thing last night. They end this thing in six. And then we can all relax and watch a bunch of football on Sunday. So hopefully that's the case. I love getting to talk Astros with you, John. So uh, we'll get to do it at least one more time when we uh, when we do the pod on uh, on Monday next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, Let's get to the Texans. 29-17, the final score last night at NRG Stadium. Battle Green Day at the... Uh, at the at NRG Stadium, did uh, John? I know you weren't out there. I know you mentioned you stayed home. I have never seen Bud Light Plaza, which is you know that's where Seth and I do Texans Countdown. It's where you join us when you're out there at the games to to do our hit with you. So you've seen it hundreds of times. There's always a little bit of representation of the other team. You know, some games more than others, depending on who the opposing team is. John, I swear on my kids that if you were out there and you were just there and you didn't know what city you were in, you were just standing there on the stage that we do the pregame from, and you were just looking around at the crowd and the jerseys, you would have thought you were in Philadelphia. It, there, there were not just more Eagles jerseys than there were Texans jerseys. It felt like an Eagles home game. There were that many tech, there were a, that many Eagles jerseys and B the proportionality between Eagles and Texans. There was almost no, 
Texans jerseys countering all those Eagles jerseys. And I think you watch the game. It was that way inside the stadium also. That felt like an Eagles home game. Well, I knew that's the way it was going to be because before the season, when I checked with them to see, I figured the Browns would be the biggest seller. And they said, no, it's the Eagles. Because the Eagles fans were buying all those tickets before the season. And then, you know, with the possibility of the unbeaten Eagles and then the Phillies, a lot of those fans probably staying over to watch the World Series. But it doesn't surprise me if the Texans, because the Texans are so bad, headed for the first pick in the draft right now, trailing only Detroit. A lot of fans stay away. I don't blame them. And yeah. uh, and uh, I think a lot of those fans from the <laughs> Eagles were probably pretty surprised at seeing the Texans play as well as they could play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, so let's talk about that game and let's do it the way we always do it, John. Four stock up, four stock down. What do we like? What do we not like from the Texans in the 29-17 loss to the Eagles? Um, I will tell you before we get into it, the one thing I liked, the Texans covered the spread. So that was nice for all the people out there who were backing them, uh, plus 14. Um, so let's get into it, John. What is your first stock up? What's the first thing you saw that you liked last night at the game? The running game led by Damian Pierce one day after the lineman just got bludgeoned by the Titans and the running game was pathetic. They had 32 carries, 168 yards. That's 5.3 average. Pierce had 27 for 139, a 5.1 average with a 36-yard run being as long as the lineman did a better job of run blocking. And uh, that was the best thing they had going was the running game. Yeah. Damian Pierce is really good. John, we had him on the post game show last night. He is just a joy. <laughs> He's a delight. He's a great kid. Face of the franchise. Yeah. Right now he's, I, I wrote this today in my Houston press recap. He is the most valuable player on this team. He is the best player on this team, and he is the most fun player on this team right now. He is the face of the franchise. And he's as good an interview as anybody and probably the best. Yep, and and just a a sweetheart of a guy. He's great. I'm with you. And he was awesome last night. That was the most carries he's ever had in a game last night. Well, probably in high school. He probably carried the ball 35 times in some game. But he had 27 carries. That exceeded the 26 that he got in the win over Jacksonville a little earlier this season. Um, Damian Pierce, really, really good last night for the Houston Texans. My first stock up is Jerry Hughes. Uh, The pass rush has been anemic over the last month or so after getting off to a pretty good start. The first three games where they had 10 sacks, Jerry Hughes himself had four sacks in those first three games. Jerry Hughes was abusing the Eagles left tackle. His name escapes me, but he was number 68, who was pretty good in in the run blocking. But this 68 was abysmal. In pass blocking, some of the there were the first sack Jerry Hughes had, he didn't even need to make a rip move or anything on him. Like he just ran around the guy. Um, But he he got to Jalen Hurts a couple of times. Even the sack that they got that was credited to Big Heine was really Hughes making that play and collapsing the pocket. And then Jalen Hurts had to step up and Big Heine ended up getting him and getting the sack. But it was Hughes who was the real disruptor on that play. 
So that was cool, John. On a on a team where the veterans have been uh, jumping off the ship like rats, uh, at least a couple of them. Uh, it's nice to have a veteran leader on the team like Jerry Hughes, who decides to bring his lunch pail to work and still continue to grind. Hughes also beat Pro Bowl right tackle Lane Johnson. There was another one. He got both hands on Jalen Hurts in the pocket. Should have been his third sack, and he couldn't bring him down some way. But, man, he came close to having three. Just an outstanding performance against a really good offensive line for a team that went into that game. Uh, I think, let's see, they went into the game as uh, the, I got it right down here, as the third offense in the NFL, sixth in rushing and tenth in passing, and the Texans, led by Jerry Hughes, did a pretty darn good job against Jalen Hurts. Excellent. All right, John, what's your next stock up? My next stock up, it's going to be a half and a half. My, my next stock up is going to be the first half by quarterback Davis Mills. He came out. They actually scored a point on the first series for the first time this year, 75 yards. His touchdown pass to rookie tight end, uh, Tegan Toriano, first time he played after being injured. And in that first half, eight of nine, 90 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rating of 147 Point nine. Mills was outstanding. It was 14-14 at halftime. The Eagles must have been shell-shocked because Mills was outstanding. Yeah, he was really good on that drive, the first drive of the first half and the last drive of the first half. You know, even that, that second drive where they ended up scoring on the Chris Moore uh, catch that was initially ruled incomplete and then overturned on replay. Um, both those drives. I mean, that's that's that second one was seven plays, seventy-five yards. So they they went on a couple nice long drives. Didn't need turnovers to set them up with room service. So I'm I'm with you on that one, John. Along those lines, my uh, stock up in our last one for this segment is the um, receiving core: Sands, Nico Collins, and Brandon Cooks, who both missed uh, last night's game for entirely different reasons, which we, I'm guessing we may get into in stock down at some point. Um, but that left them with Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore as their starting wide receivers. And while Davis Mills was not great overall in that game, the numbers, you know, were not spectacular at the end whoa, of the whoa, game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't admit, don't, you can't talk about that. I won't. We're no, I'm leading in. I'm leading. I'm, I'm right. No, no, I'm, le I'm leading into something here. I think some of that may have had to do with guys not able to totally get open, but Dorsett and Moore both had solid enough games. Three catches, 69 yards for Dorsett. Chris Moore, four catches for 43 yards. The touchdown, the, the bubble screen that actually worked, John. They ran a bubble screen Amazing. that worked. It was incredible. Amazing. It was really fun to watch. A 25-yard bubble screen that worked. Um, look, these are two guys who are fringe players in the NFL. These are street guys that they brought in, and I thought they did as well as you could expect against a, against the defense that's one of the best, most talented secondaries in the NFL. Certainly the cornerback position with Bradbury and with Slay. Um a really talented secondary. I thought Moore and Dorsett acquitted themselves well in that game. So that's my last stock up. I agree 100%. Those guys stepped up when uh, uh, Cooks quit on his team and Nico Collins still nursing that growing injury. They could keep him out of several more games. Yep. All right, stock down, John. Go ahead. I'm not going to steal so I don't steal any more from you. Go ahead. The second half by Davis Mills, yeah. who was pathetic, 
He was 5 of 13 for 64 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He finished with a 72.9 rating after a 147.9. Pep Hamilton had a great first half, and I can't blame him for the second. Mills just threw two poor passes and was awful. And that inconsistency just shows why they are going to get a quarterback with the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, he was, he was not great. That the, the, you know, this team has no margin for error, especially against good teams like the Eagles. They have zero margin for error. They were still standing in toe to toe with them. That was the unfortunate thing about Mills first interception. John is that the defense actually made two stops. You know, they came out and they had sacked, they sacked Hertz a couple times and, and uh, they made the play on a short yardage play that got overturned. You remember that? Miles Sanders yep. initially ruled a first down, and they it was a good challenge by Lovey Smith. It showed the knee on the ground. They, you know, they were, the, the Eagles had second and short, and then third and short, and they weren't able to convert. Defense was actually stepping up and doing some things. And then on a team like this, that's how you just completely reshuffle and forfeit momentum is throwing a bad interception. That first interception that Davis Mills threw was awful and he was bad the rest of the day after that that's the thing like i you, you know you you have a bad play like that you got to flush it mills it feels like john when he makes a bad play like that it just starts to compound over the rest of the day and it certainly did yesterday that's a good one davis mills stock down when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My stock down, John, my first one is somebody who didn't even play in the game. We got to mention Brandon Cooks. Yes. Uh, Brandon Cooks is the biggest story with this team right now. It's bigger than any on-field story with this team. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who, of course, decided to take the rest of the week off after the team couldn't trade him on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, completely. You know, just crying on Twitter, um, not showing up at the facility, uh, and then – the team lovey saying it was his decision to sit Brandon cooks down on Thursday, whatever it, it doesn't matter whose decision it was for Brandon cooks to not play in the game, whether it was Brandon cooks decision or lovey's decision. The bottom line is this whole thing stinks for everybody. There's nobody that comes out looking good in this. Brandon cooks looks like a fraud and a baby. Lovey Smith looks like he's having trouble controlling his locker room. Cause you got guys quitting Nick Casario, letting Kamu Gruger Hill just quit. And then Brandon Cooks, who was supposed to be the picture of this new culture that they're putting together. Not only is he not that, but he also got a huge contract, which now looks like a big mistake um, because that was a big reason that they couldn't move him was because he's guaranteed 18 million next year. So the whole thing, John, all the way around, there is there are no winners in the brand. The only winners in the Brandon Cooks thing are Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett, who got some snaps on Thursday night. And and played well. That's it. Other than that, everybody comes out looking bad in this whole thing. And the, and it may not be over. The Texans, Lovey Smith said, oh, we're going to welcome Brandon. Brandon will be back in the building on Friday. So today, as you and I record this, Brandon Cooks is presumably back in the building. John, do you think they make him captain again? They shouldn't. He quit on his team. Of course they shouldn't. Him. But do you, do you think they will? 
Uh, no, I don't think they will. They better not. That, but how stupid would that look? How much respect has he lost for quitting on them in a game in which he might have been able to make a difference? Now, Adam Schefter said Casario's trying to get a second-round pick, another pick, and then have somebody take up the whole contract. If they cut him or if they trade him before the draft, they'll get a low pick, and it would have been a terrible job by Casario. If he was if he thought he could get a two for Brandon Cooks, he was hallucinating. It's yeah. just a terrible situation all around, and it makes Cooks look terrible. And I, this team's not going anywhere as it is, but man, oh man, I thought at most they might get a conditional three that might be a four that could have been a three. The best case scenario for everybody in the Cooks thing, John, then we'll get to your next stock down. The best case scenario is if Brandon Cooks comes back, balls out for the last nine games, shows that he can still be productive, and then they find some sort of trade in the offseason for some team that wants a some team that wants a, a a polished, productive NFL receiver that they don't have to give up two firsts for, like Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. You know, like somebody that and, – and Brandon Cooks isn't their one. You know, Brandon Cooks is another weapon that kind of helps get them over the top, that kind of thing. That's the best-case scenario. There is no best-case scenario for the Texans nor Brandon Cooks that involves him being a Texan in 2023. That may happen, but it's not the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario is that Brandon Cooks plays well over the rest of the season – and makes teams look at it and go, okay, he's guaranteed the $18 million, but over the last eight games of the year, he had 45 catches for, you know, 516 yards, something like, you know, something that extrapolates out over the course of a full season to what Brandon Cooks, what we're used to from him, you know, which is like 80 catches for 1,100 yards. Can't wait till he has to stand up and address uh, his tweet and the whole situation because it's very un-Brandon un Cooks-like. Lies, John. He alluded to lies. He has to answer about those lies. You can't just put it in a tweet and let it disappear like dandelion spores. All right, what's your, uh, what's your next stock down, John? Anybody that goes into a game against the Eagles, the offense has a big part of the game plan stopping defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, who's still one of the best – in the NFL, center Scott Quisenberry and, and left mm. guard Kenyon Green got abused by tackle Javon Hargrave. He had three sacks, seven tackles. You never see a defensive lineman lead his team in tackles, but he did. Texans, their leading tacklers are the safeties every game because there's so many running backs running loose. But, man, letting a tackle get three sacks and just blow by you, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that was that was a rough look. John, That was a, that's a good defensive front. They were missing Jordan Davis, the rookie out of Georgia, who's been really good for them this year. Yeah, that's the last thing they needed was to put him in there. That's the last thing Texan fans needed to see because I think there's a lot of Texan fans out there wishing the Texans just stayed at 13 and took Jordan Davis with that pick. He would he sure would help the Texans right about now. That's the truth. Unfortunately, he's injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, my uh, my my last stock down is Jonathan Owens, who has, seems to have been uh, – he, he's kind of regressed, John, since the beginning of the year. And I know he's led the team in tackles and this and that. The whole thing with leading the team in tackles as a safety has more to do with how bad the front seven is than how good Jonathan Owens has been. And I don't want to disparage a guy who's just doing his job. Like, he's making these tackles. That's great. It would be nice if he didn't have to make these tackles. 
but he's been getting removed from games more lately. Um, a lot of the plays that, um, that, you know, were receivers were running wide open and running free. Um, we're kind of in Jonathan Owens area of the field, AJ Brown's uh, touchdown that put the Eagles up 21 to 14 uh, after the Davis Mills interception. The first interception by Mills looked like it was Owens who was in coverage with AJ Brown. Um, Jonathan Owens, look, John, give credit to Jonathan Owens, who's hung around the league for a while now and is finally getting an opportunity. And I'm not saying he doesn't belong on an NFL roster, but I've always thought it was going to be dicey having him and Jalen Petrie as the starting safeties for this team because Petrie's a rookie. And Owens, while he's been around the game for a while, he's got the, basically the experience of a rookie. And he played in two games last year. Um, so mine is Jonathan Owens, who's been losing snaps to Eric Murray of late. And, John, when you lose snaps to Eric Murray – Nothing good can come of that for you. Owens is taking a lot of bad angles. He's missed tackles. Uh, Petrie's missed some tackles, but Petrie makes plays too. Owens yeah. doesn't make. And Petrie's going to continue to get better, but safety is going to be a need again. It has so many needs. It's unbelievable. And uh, But, yeah, that's a good one. Everybody wants Owens to succeed because he's such a great success story to be where he is based on where he was. But right now, he's not getting the job done. And if the front seven did a better job, he wouldn't be exposed like this. That's true. Yep. A really good point. The front seven's really bad. I mean, we could do stock down on the front seven every week if we wanted to, but we got to shuffle the deck a little bit here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, that's four stock up, four stock down. We got some Astros talking. And John, it is the weekend, and I am ready to go possibly take a nap. I don't ever nap. Today might be that day, John. I'm operating on two hours and 45 minutes of sleep right now. Good for you, Sean. You deserve it. Sweet dreams. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I guess next time we do this will be uh, early next week. We may drop the mailbag a little early next week because it's sort of a quasi bye week with the Thursday game for the Texans. So be on the lookout for that. The, the, the thing to do, people, is just hit subscribe so the Utopia Football Podcast shows up automatically on your phone or your iPad or wherever it is you get your podcast, your computer, whatever, the chip in your brain. Um, subscribe download share with a friend tell a friend we always appreciate that uh as well as we continue to take you through the journey that is 2022 here in uh houston football and uh playoff baseball john what do you got going on before we get out i got uh columns on uh, uh gallerysports.com i got a report card on sports radio 610.com then i'll start writing again monday morning all right, there you go. John never stops. Uh, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. If you want to send us a question for our mailbag episode next week, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast out to all of you. And uh, big thanks to John McClain for co-hosting it with me. Big thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, I'm Sean Pendergast. He's John McClain. We are out of time. It's weekend. Let's go get it. Uh, and let's go Astros in game six on Saturday. It's the Utopia Podcast. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend, everybody.